Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And today we are going to talk about something that we all want, but Rachel... It's something that I'm not sure we ever totally will achieve this side of heaven, but God tells us to pursue it, and that's wisdom. Oh, I thought you were going to say an organized closet. (laughs) (laughs) That too. You know, there are so many things in this life that we get caught up in. You know, we get caught up in our race around our to-do list. We get caught up in the things that the kids or the grandkids have going on. We get caught up in trying to keep up with the Joneses or our friends. And yet, we spin our wheels and we fail to really slow down and say, Lord, what does wisdom look like? Okay. You know, you say that we are keeping up with the Joneses or, or, or our friends, and I'm definitely, um, I, I'm definitely prone to that. And then you say, let's look at what wisdom looks like. And it kind of strikes me that the Bible is interesting in that it personifies wisdom as a woman in the book mm-hmm. of Proverbs, you know, like, you know, keeping up with wisdom rather than keeping up with the Joneses. Um, it's just an interesting way that, that God talks about wisdom in his word. I love that. And, you know, we actually have a Bible study on encouragementcafe.com about wisdom versus folly. And it's all from the book of Proverbs, because my sister-in-law, who taught uh, and was a director at the Mel Trotter Mission in Grand Rapids for over 20 years, she would try to teach the women that came in there every year, a new, a new group of ladies would come in, and she would try to teach them what this wisdom versus folly looked like. I asked her to write it down. Because this is an important thing for all of us to know. It's so easy to get caught up in the wrong things and chasing after the things that are not of God. But God says, no, I've got some clear steps for you to take. You know, I'm, I'm looking at even in Hosea where it says, who is wise? He will realize these things and who is discerning? He will understand them. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. I want to just pause there for a moment because it really is about being a rebel. And I know because I'm raising my hand really high. Hi, I'm Luann Prater, and I was a former rebel. I wanted to just kick against what I knew was right. But the Bible tells us if we know and we learn what God is trying to teach us, we can walk in that path and we will get more and more wisdom as we go. But if we want to say, nope, I don't want to do that. If we want to be the rebel, we're going to stumble. You know, I think a key in that is that we have to know the ways of the Lord before we can walk in them. And that's why I do love the book of Proverbs, because it's one of the most 
practical books of the Bible, very mm. easy to understand. As a, as a young Christian and a, a young woman, uh, I just remember, you know, how easy it was to be swayed by this opinion or that opinion or, um, you know, this thought or that thought. And I remember reading the book of Proverbs, especially when I was um, in a period of time when I had someone in my life that uh, was just very dysfunctional and I had a hard time figuring out how to how to deal with them or how to make sense of them or how to respond to them. I remember reading the book of Proverbs over and over and over again and it just would become very clear to me what is wisdom and what is folly and how am I to respond to folly. I, I think that's great advice and you're right. Proverbs really is practical. There is something that you can glean from Proverbs every single day. I, I think that in your daily reading of God's Word, it's really wonderful to include some of the verses in Proverbs, one of my favorites. Proverbs 27:15 says, A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. You know, that is wisdom saying, wait a minute, if we want to quarrel, you know how it's so irritating when you hear that drip, 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 drip hitting in your gutter or hitting on the roof. You mm -hmm. hear that dripping and it just drives you insane. And God says, you know, if you want to be unwise, then you will start a quarrel and you will be like that drip that you hear on your gutter. Or you can say, wait a minute. I want to be the cheerful heart. I want to be the one that makes everybody smile and brings the light into the room. And God shows us in Proverbs the practical ways to do that. I love the word pictures that Proverbs paints for us, you know, with personifying wisdom as a woman and with, you know, the metaphors of what, you know, your nagging feels like to your husband, Rachel. Right. Um, it's, it's practical advice, but it's also wrapped up in um, just some memorable language. You know, I find the Proverbs some of the easiest verses to memorize, which is great. I'm always thinking about uh, the cheerful heart and the way that God says the wisdom of, well, let me, let me grab, uh, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil. You know, all throughout the the book of proverbs it will sh it will shed light on how we become unwise and it's by looking at life through our own eyes when when it's pointing out here in this verse in in chapter 3 do not be wise in your own eyes so many times i don't know if you're guilty of this rachel but i am we race ahead we race ahead of god and we're, we're wise in our own eyes because we think, well, of course it's the right thing to do. Look, it's, it, it's obvious, isn't it? And we don't stop and start looking at it through God's eyes and saying, Lord, teach me if this is your way. It's exactly what you were just saying. When you start reading it, you start reading the word, then you're going to start understanding and feeling that that tug on your heart like wait a minute maybe this isn't the right way to go 
you know, it reminds me, my, my husband got a fortune cookie one time. Rick is um, famous in our family for, you know, we all go out to the, the Chinese restaurant and we order Chinese and it comes with the pile of fortune cookies for everybody. And we all, you know, we put no stock in, in the fortunes, but it's fun to open them and read them. And Rick is famous for always getting ones that make no sense. <laughs> um, like one time his fortune literally said, you will soon be more aware of your growing awareness. Um, Rick is kind of the king of of, of getting the really you know funny vague um, nonsensical uh, fortune so this this one time um, we were at a little restaurant in Blacksburg Virginia and we got our fortune cookies at the end of the meal and Rick opened up his and I'm waiting to hear what crazy senseless fortune he got and he's like yes you know and he pumps his fist in the air and I'm like what he got a good one I'm like what is it he's like yes I knew it I always knew it i'm like what what is it honey uh, and his fortune said you have inexhaustible wisdom and power <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know he saw he's all proud and puffed up and i'm like oh so apparently you're god and we didn't know it and he's like exactly <laughs> uh, and so you know we just had we just thought that was the funniest thing and for the rest of of that trip that we were on i would say you know hey honey do you know what time it is and he would say yes it is three fifteen, and i know that because i have inexhaustible wisdom you know <laughs> or i would say hey I, I can't get the lid off this can you unscrew this for me he's like yes i can do that in my inexhaustible power uh, <laughs> So we just we just had fun with that, with the idea that, you know, your fortune cookie is going to tell you that you have inexhaustible wisdom and power. But, you know, here's the thing, though, um, and sometimes we feel like we do and we don't, but um, here's the thing we do as, as believers in Christ. We always have access to inexhaustible wisdom and power mm. because we always have access to God and we can always ask God to give us the wisdom that we need or to give us the strength that we need. I love that. And, you know, that's true because in James 1, 5, it clearly tells us that that's all we have to do. God is waiting for us to ask. And I think so often we just don't do it. I don't know why, why there's that little tendency to hold back. Maybe it's because we we really don't want to know the answer. We're afraid of what he's going to say. But in James 1, 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. You know, that's pretty clear. God doesn't say, you know, if you've been good, I'm going to give you wisdom. He says, just ask me, because I want to give it to you, but I'm not going to force my way into your life. You have to ask me. And then here it is. I'm going to I'm going to pour it on. And you know, Rachel, there are many times in my life I can look at and know that the crazy direction I took was absolutely a result of me not asking. Not asking God for his wisdom in that decision and not seeking his wisdom. Instead, doing what I thought was right in my own eyes and then watching it unfold into disaster. I've done that, too. Um, you know, and you and then you have the aftermath of the disaster combined with the regret um, mm-hmm. 
because you you know I did not go to God on this one. I did not trust the word on this one, uh, or I did not want to do what God asked me to do, and I forged my own way, and um, now I'm holding you know the pieces in my hand. Right, right. I, I love the way you said forged my own way because I think we forge God's signature sometimes, don't we? We forge his signature. We go, well, I'm going to do this and I hope God puts a stamp of approval on it. And he says, did you ask me first? And here's what it says back in Proverbs, the third chapter. It says, blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Hey, if you're looking for something to invest in, wisdom would be the thing. And here's what it says in the that very first word, blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Now, that word blessed in Hebrew means, oh, how happy. Oh, how happy. You know, when I do take the time to ask God, and look in his word for the answers, for the wisdom that I really need in any situation. I am happy. It does make me happy to know, okay, I feel like this is exactly where God wants me. There's something really awesome about that. Don't you agree? Yeah, and there's a security in that. It, there's this, you know, what's hard, in my opinion, is when you are making decisions for yourself in your life and you aren't certain that this is the right way to go. Um, and you, 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 you know, you move forward, but you have that second guessing and you have that internal angst. And that's the thing about, you know, following God's wisdom and following God's word is it's not always easy. Maybe what God asks you to do, you know, if he asks you to forgive someone or turn the other cheek or, you know, share of your wealth or whatever it might be. It's not always easy, but there is underlying it. Um, there is sort of a foundation of security in knowing that ultimately I'm doing the right thing. Even if it doesn't feel that way right now, um, you know, there's going to be a, a happiness, as you say, or a peace or a payoff um, in the end. And that's a, that's a great thing. Well, you know, in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 11 it says i guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths when you walk your steps will not be hampered when you run you will not stumble hold on to instruction do not let it go guard it well for it is your life you know that is that is so clear and it's so easy to understand that all we have to do is look for the wise choice, ask God to bring that decision straight into our brain. So I, I don't know about you, but I can think about 15 things at one time. And I need him to clear away the clutter and help me focus. Like for me, when I pray, Lord, let me have your wisdom in this decision. Let me see your straight path because right now my brain is cluttered and I don't get it. I am looking at all the different things that could trip me up. I'm looking at all the, the stumbling blocks and the hurdles. And yet I know that you have a straight path for me. And what happens in my brain is that I can almost see the right decision highlighted. 
I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but in my brain, uh, that's the way it pops out for me. It's like, okay, this, this is, this is it. It's like, this is the way. And it's like all the clutter kind of falls off to the side and I get it. And you're so thankful, right? To have that sort of security and that knowing and that, okay, yeah. You know, anytime we talk about wisdom, I always think of Daniel. And the Bible describes Daniel as being um, very conscientious about remaining pure, even though he was in this new land, the customs there were different, the customs there did not line up with how, you know, God uh, called his people to be, but David remained pure in that. And Daniel. I mean, Daniel, yeah, sorry. And and so um, he had to serve their king as, as sort of an, a teacher or advisor. The, the Nebuchadnezzar had all of these advisors, magicians and astrologers and all of that, to help him make decisions, um, to help him, you know, clear through the clutter and decide what he was going to do. Um, and it says that in basically all manners that required judgment and wisdom, the king found Daniel's advice to be... Um, Quote, 10 times better is what the Bible says, 10 times better than that of all the other advisors um, in the kingdom. And so Nebuchadnezzar has this dream one night, and none of his other advisors are able to interpret it for him. So, you know, um, he gets mad, the king does, and he's like going to order all the advisors to be killed because he's finding them worthless because they're not able to interpret his dream. And Daniel hears about this and, you know, kind of springs into action. It's like he's not going to let these people be killed. Um, and, you know, he he asked God, you know, help me to, to interpret this dream. And I love what it says in Daniel in the second chapter in verse 20. Um, <laughs> Daniel says, Praise the name of God forever. For he alone has all wisdom and power, not my husband Rick, but God, (laughs) inexhaustible wisdom and power. He alone has all of that. Uh, Daniel says, God determines the course of world events. He removes kings and sets others on the throne. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things. He knows what lies hidden in darkness, even though he himself is surrounded by light. And then, you know, God... He gives God thanks. He says, thank you for giving me wisdom and strength. Um, And after interpreting that dream and preventing, you know, the the murder of all these other, um, you know, teachers and advisors, King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian God, bows down before Daniel and honors him and honors his God because Daniel says, you know, my wisdom comes from this source. And so that's pretty amazing. And and the king, you know, lavishes Daniel with gifts, promotes him to the head of his advisors, makes him, you know, kind of a, a ruler of sorts in Babylon. You know, Daniel staked his security no, on his access to God's wisdom and power. And what's interesting to me is I think David's purity is a key there. The more that David attempted to remain Daniel. pure, uh, Daniel, I keep calling him David. That's my brother's <laughs> name. The more he attempted to remain pure in God's ways, it seems like the, the, the clearer he was able to think with wisdom and discernment. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And not only that, but he didn't try to take the credit. When God tells us that we can seek his wisdom, then I guess my question is, why don't we? Why do we hesitate to ask God for his way and his, his view of any situation that we're in? What do you think is holding us back from asking for his wisdom? 
Well, sometimes I think I know what God is going to say, and I don't want that answer. So I'm not going to ask. Oh, so you think not knowing excuses us. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I ask God how to handle this situation, he's going to tell me that I need to forgive or I need to submit or I need to hold my tongue. <laughs> uh, and I don't feel like doing any of those things. <laughs> uh, so, I, yep. Yeah. I get it. And, and so maybe that's where we all can uh, struggle from time to time. And so today, maybe this is a reminder that, you know, God has our best interest at heart. He tells us that in Romans, doesn't he? He says he is working for our good always. He, he is always on our side. And so even though we don't want the answer that we think he's going to give us, uh, we might not, we might be surprised that he isn't even going to give us that, that response. He's going to give us the wisest answer and the right answer and if we seek it we're going to be better off in the long run if we follow him and here's in proverbs 8 it says uh, listen to my instruction and be wise do not ignore it blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my doors waiting at my doorway for whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. You know, why would we not want that? Why would we not want favor from the Lord? Why would we not want to find the right path to take? I think once we once we start understanding that, Rachel, it gets more and more fun to ask him. When we see that God is on our side and we seek the wisdom and then we see him come through, I mean, I, I think about even what we went through with my husband with his illness. There were times I couldn't even pray. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be straight up honest. I was out of tears. I was out of, I was out of all words. And all I could say was, God, you know, you know what we need. You are wise and I am not. I'm just going to trust you. I mean, I was out of I was just out of energy. I was out of everything. And then I saw God just show up. And can I tell you some amazing news? Yeah. 90 days after my hubby went through this horrible quadruple bypass and mitral valve replacement and his heart stopping on the table and having to be revived, after all of that, they said, in 90 days, we expect you to have some improvement in your heart function. Well, we just went back a couple of weeks ago for his 90-day checkup. They did an echocardiogram. They did an EKG, and the doctors were astounded. They said, well, we don't understand it. We expected a little bit of improvement, but your heart function is 100% normal. Wow. 100% normal. I mean, <laughs> Rachel, God God just held me through that time. And he holds us when we say, you know what, God, I don't even have the wisdom to get through this. I don't have, I don't have the, the strength. strength or the energy yeah. to do it. He says, great, 
watch what I do when you give it to me. And, and it is so true because it says, blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors. Oh, how happy. And I can't tell you how happy we were in that doctor's office when we then said, oh, thank you, Lord. Right there in front of the doctors and the nurses, we held our hands up and we said, thank you, Lord. We know this is an answer to prayer. We know that you provide everything that we need. And the doctor said, I can't deny that because we never expected you to be this good. You know, wisdom is something that we can all get because God promised it in his word. You and I have the opportunity every day to ask God for wisdom. Will we do it? Hey, this week, let's make our minds up to say, Lord, lead me in your way. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.